Hey everybody and welcome back to Beer and Brands, Brand Federation's excuse to travel around Richmond to amazing breweries, drink great beer, and talk about brands. I'm Matt Williams, managing partner at Brand Federation here with our founder and also managing partner Kelly O'Keefe. Glad Hi, to Kelly. be here. And we are coming to you today from Hardywood Park Brewery, one of the pioneers of the Richmond beer scene. And we are here with co-founder and brewmaster Patrick Murtaugh. And Patrick's going to bring us some amazing beer. So, Patrick, hey, Patrick. what are we drinking? Hey, guys. Um, we are drinking today, we're drinking Sheep Station, which Ooh. is a New England IPA. And uh, Single. Single is our uh, first flagship beer. It's a Belgian Blondale. It's um, got a lot of uh, fruity kind of tropical aromas up front from the Belgian yeast and then um, a little bit of spice from the Czech Saz hops in the middle and then finishes fairly dry and uh, Sheep Station classic New England IPA it's brewed with uh, mosaic and Zamba hops so again a lot of those uh, tropical fruit flavors but most of those flavors are really derived from the hops mm -hmm. uh, so you're gonna get a lot of mango and pineapple passion fruit that sort of thing perfect um, all right, watch. I'm gonna. We've we done this enough that I know exactly. we're gonna go like this. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> Matt's going cool. for the IPA. Well, Patrick, thank you. We're gonna Absolutely. bring you back. We're gonna talk about this amazing place you've built and this amazing brand you've built, and uh, we'll talk to you in just a minute. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Well, cheers. Cheers. Kelly, we have one thing to talk about today at Beer and Brands, and that is purpose, right? It's all the rage. Lots of, lots of brands and lots of very large companies are talking about how they're building their brands around this idea of purpose. And it's gotten to be a little controversial recently. Um, there was a column, certainly has. a Bloomberg column uh, last week related to Unilever and their use of brand purpose. And the headline of that is purpose isn't strategy. And I want to talk about whether we think purpose is strategy. But the thing that prompted this article is uh, a letter that was written by a guy named Terry Smith, who runs Fundsmith Investing in the UK, which happens to be 13th largest shareholder of Unilever. Wow. And Mr. Smith uh, had this to say about Unilever. Unilever seems to be laboring under the weight of a management which is obsessed with publicly displaying sustainability credentials at the expense of focusing on the fundamentals of the business. A company which feels it has to define the purpose of Hellman's mayonnaise has, in our view, clearly lost the plot. The Hellman's brand has existed since 1913, so we would guess that by now consumers have figured out its purpose. Spoiler alert, it's salads and sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry Smith clearly is not happy with Unilever's brand for uh, uh, stock performance, but he's chalking up a lot of that lack of performance to this pursuit of sustainability, purpose branding. There's a lot to unpack here. How do we think about the role of purpose in brand strategy? Boy, I really see this as a mixed bag. I mean, I can't agree with him more, and Unilever is not on my uh, top 10 list in terms of companies that understand how to use purpose to build brands. The issue, I think, with purpose is because it's become a buzzword, and we know in the world of advertising, branding, and marketing, we love our buzzwords. Sure. Because it's become something that, uh, that every agency in the world is talking about, it's being applied both to things it doesn't belong associated with, and it's being applied in exactly the wrong ways. When you think about it, as a term, purpose means that we have a purpose in life. We have a direction. We have a conviction. We have a, a set of beliefs. And when purpose works best, it is informing the organizational culture 
of a company that delivers its brand to the public. It does that very effectively in companies like Patagonia or Apple, where Apple has a purpose to create technology that empowers creativity, that empowers the work that we do, and it channels that purpose into a corporate culture that is very tightly aligned mm -hmm. uh, into corporate decision-making that informs everything from the experience you get in an Apple store mm -hmm. to the experience that you have when you pick up an iPhone or when you go to a laptop or when you sign on to Apple TV. The idea is that purpose begins as a set of values and beliefs. Those values and beliefs drive the culture of an organization and that culture drives the experience that we have. Yeah. It's an organizational concept that doesn't apply really well to products. So you're, so you're saying a company can have a purpose because it's made up of people who can activate that purpose. Yes, yes. And maybe a jar of mayonnaise shouldn't have a purpose. No, Crest toothpaste <laughs> doesn't have a purpose other than to whiten your teeth and that's shared by everybody else. But no, products don't generally have that permission. Now they can have emotional connections to the customer, but they don't have behavior. They don't have employees. They don't have culture. And for that matter, for giant conglomerates like Unilever and Procter and Gamble, there are so many different products with so many different positions that Unilever is delivering us mayonnaise, uh, as we know. They're delivering Axe body spray. They're delivering Dove, which has an almost uh, antithetical position historically uh, to Dove and Axe. Uh, they don't work right. well How do together. You reconcile those How do you two? reconcile those yeah. two? They've done a little better in recent years. Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, they sell soup. Uh, it's a it's a brand that isn't likely to be tied down from a product point of view. And when that happens, are you going to have a hundred different purposes flying around? Well, you could, but we won't buy it. Yeah, right, right. Better to have the purpose at the organizational level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A set of beliefs at the organizational level that drive through to each product, each service that you provide. Uh, let me let me spring to Unilever's defense here. Okay, good. Right. So I think there's I, I think there's some muddy thinking going on in some of these cases, right? Where where the headline in the, in the Bloomberg article is, purpose isn't strategy. That's wrong. Purpose absolutely is strategy. So to the extent that strategy should be defined as the behavior we choose to pursue to lead us to a set of objectives. Now, my objectives as a company may be to grow my return on equity by a certain percentage, or grow my revenue by a certain mm -hmm. percentage, or grow my footprint by a certain, by, in a certain way. The, the strategies that I decide to pursue to achieve those things could very, all, very, very well all be rooted in sustainability. Because I think that if I operate as a more sustainable company, it's gonna attract more customers, which is gonna build my top line, and if I manage my business correctly, it'll build my bottom line and help me achieve my objectives. By definition, in that situation, sustainability is a strategy. And that's what Unilever has decided to do. So I, I don't believe the Bloomberg article. I think they're wrong. The, the other thing about, about this idea of Hellman's having to find a purpose, right? I think brands can behave, right? We talk a lot about brand behavior. What do they do? If brands can behave in a way that serves a certain purpose, then brands can have a purpose. The question is whether we can define that purpose in a way that's credible, that's closely aligned to the way brands 
the roles brands play in the world. And when they cross that line beyond where you can connect their purpose to their behavior and the role they can credibly play, that's where they become parody, right? So I, I don't I can, expect a jar of mayonnaise to help make the world a more peaceful place, right? I think that's the point. But I can expect a jar of mayonnaise to make the world taste better. That's pretty cool. Sure. If, if I got, have a jar of Duke's mayonnaise, we're in Richmond, Virginia. I want to celebrate our local brand, Duke's. And, and if somebody were to tell me the great thing about Duke's mayonnaise is that it, it empowers cooks to make great, delicious meals. And, and great, delicious meals are something that historically, from the dawn of time, have brought people together with comfort. Right. I buy all of that. Yep. I think that makes sense. The problem is when you have brands within your portfolio that have different purposes, that aren't aligned mm -hmm. to a true belief, then it feels shallow. That's interesting. That's very true. If I have a contradictory bunch of purposes in a portfolio, it's all just bullshit. It's just focus groups gone wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> Unilever did this famously when they took out an ad called uh, Onslaught, which was a, a specific ad about Dove. And this particular ad, vocally, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Onslaught uh, for Dove. This ad vocally took an attack on the health and beauty industry for creating uh, impressions for young women of perfection that they couldn't live up to. Right. And, and making them lose their sense of self-esteem. In fact, they even created the Dove Self-Esteem Fund to put money where their mouth is. All good, right? Those guys who, who tell your kids they don't look good enough, they don't smell good enough, are, are undermining their self-esteem and we're going to do something about it. Nothing wrong with that, except that at the same time, they had a multitude of brands in their portfolio that were doing exactly, exactly the behavior yeah, right. that they said was destructive to self-esteem. Now, the question is, when you see those two things going on out of the same company, you have to ask yourself, does Unilever believe that this kind of advertising undermines self-esteem and therefore is negative, or do they believe that it's okay and what they're really doing with Dove is just a cheap trick to sell soap to teen girls? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, and, and if you look across the portfolio and you see other brands behaving in a way that's, that's anti the Dove purpose, you start to say it's got to be the latter. They're that's just right. using this, they're purpose washing. They're purpose right. washing. And I wish I could say it was a majority of brands that were authentic about their purpose, that actually believed the things they're talking about. But it's actually a minority, and right now it's part of why cynicism from consumers is higher than ever about any advertising, including purpose advertising. Yeah. See, I, I think there's a, there's a tendency to conflate the idea of purpose with the idea of emotional equity, right? So it, you yep. touched on that a minute ago. And if I think about a brand I worked on, which was Oreo, mm -hmm. we defined a purpose for Oreo, which is that the purpose of Oreo's brand is to inject wonder into a cynical world. Okay, that's pretty, that to me is credible because it connects to the emotional equity that Oreo as a brand has, right? Yeah. It's a cookie. It tastes good. And you want it with a glass of milk. Now it does that. But the Oreo brand has emotional connections with us that evoke memories of childhood and childhood is a time of wonder and if I can take you back to that time in a world where 
we're more cynical than we've ever been. We're moving too fast. We don't see the beauty in things and we don't slow down to smell the roses. If I can take you back to a time that was more wonder filled. Yes. That's a good thing. And Oreo can do that. And we found that credibly in the research that we did. So we can connect this brand to an emotional equity in the area of wonder. And we can translate that into a purpose for that brand. Um, it feels fairly high flown, but it's traceable back to something that's fundamentally true about the relationship between that brand and its customer. I, I think what you said that's so important is that you built that based on the truth. And I think the trouble that companies get into are when they adopt a purpose, they put on a purpose like you put on a sport coat. Yeah. Uh, I want to look like this today. Are you that? No, I'm not that. I've never been that. But this is how I think that I should look because I think that's how the consumer wants me to look. Right. When it's put on and it doesn't feel authentic, it doesn't feel real, it isn't tied to who you actually are, it, it just feels silly and vacuous. I'll give you an example. There's a company that I think really articulated well in its slogan a purpose for how it behaved, and that company is Avis. And their slogan for decades was, we try harder. Mm -hmm. And their people really tried harder. It was not just a slogan on the outside, it was actually a directive on the inside that people believed in. Yeah. It was talked about in corporate leadership meetings, are we trying harder this quarter? Yeah. Right. In what way are we trying harder? What does trying harder look like? A new agency came in and a new chief marketing officer came in and they dropped that slogan and adopted the slogan, I'm not making this up, Avis, it's your space. <laughs> you can try harder in the space if you want to. I guess you can try harder in the space if you want to. I mean, I, uh, first of all, by definition, if you're renting the car, it ain't your space. And, and if you want to find that out, do something funky in that That's car. Right. Light up a cigarette. Yeah, we'll exactly. See how much is your space. Not your space. Second, what the hell does that mean? Um, oh, that's amazing. So I, I think too often we're trying to grab onto a trendy message because we tested millennials and they liked it, or Gen Z feels like they believe in that. And, and we're throwing that message out, calling it a purpose, what it really is is shtick. Right. So, so, so we think that purpose can be useful. Yes. And it can be really motivating and powerful. No question. If it's connected to something that is true about this brand and its relationship with its customers. If it's, if it's paid off by the behavior that the company and the brand displays in the world, right? Right. And if it's somehow connected to the somehow connected to the, 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 the function that the brand plays. That's the, right. Right? Like th this, brand can, this brand can actually activate this purpose in a credible kind of way. If the experience I have with the brand is informed by that purpose, then that's real. If the internal behavior is informed by the purpose, then that can be real. The, if, if your purpose can't guide your actions, it's not a purpose. By definition, mm -hmm. a purpose is something we do. It's not something we say. It's, yeah. not a, it's not about language. It's about behavior. Yeah. It does lead you to an interesting choice as a marketer, which is that, that should I impose the way the CEO of Unilever apparently has on all their brands, you must find a high 
high-flown brand purpose, and if you don't, I will divest myself of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell off your brand. If you're only about making somebody's teeth whiter, that's not enough. Um, or should we be satisfied with functional performance as the place where purpose stops? My purpose is to make your teeth whiter, and if you want white teeth, buy this toothpaste. You know, <clears throat> it's, a, it's an interesting question. I think it has to be asked, but I, I don't want to say that that there can't be an unearthing of a fundamental truth about a purpose behind toothpaste. Yeah. If, if I understand that it doesn't just make teeth whiter, but I go a little deeper and say, why does it matter to you to have your teeth whiter? Right. And, and we unearth that when you walk out of the door in the morning, you have more confidence, mm -hmm. both in your relationships with other people, including those of the opposite sex, but in your work life, etc. because you feel like you look your best. You're not embarrassed about your teeth. You're not embarrassed about your breath. Then, then understanding that and contributing to that with your product is a good thing. Yeah. Just like if Wonderfilled, the campaign at Oreo that you did, I think it was beautiful work, just brilliant work. But if Wonderfilled helped Nabisco to say, I wonder if we could make Oreos even more wonder-filled. Mm -hmm. And then they introduced sparkly Oreos and oh, colorful yeah, they've Oreos. done amazing things. Like Star Wars cookies and you exactly. know, customizable packaging that you can put your somebody's name on and send them a message. I mean, it's that's activating. All, it that's really all cool. perfect. Where it sometimes falls down is if Nabisco was saying, great, we're wonder-filled with Oreo, and it's all great and beautiful, but you sure we use slave labor in Nigeria, yeah, right. then, then, then it falls apart. But if, it, if it's true, I like to look at a purpose and ask, is it true all the way up the line? Yeah. Is it true all the way to the C-suite? Mm -hmm. And if it is, good. We need more of that. Yep. Yep. Very interesting conversation. So ask yourself some questions. When you think about a brand and you try to connect it to purpose, is, it, is the purpose you're defining connected to the role the brand plays in the world? Is it traceable to some emotional equity that it has with your customers? And can you deliver on that purpose all the way up and down the entire value chain associated with that brand? Not just the marketing value chain, but the production value chain and the distribution value chain. And the, Absolutely. And the, the, every aspect of the That uh, person of the on the phone at the, the call the center. Yeah, right. Is, right. One of the things that, that I love to think about is that the person who has the most contact with the customer for most companies is your lowest paid employee. Yeah. You know, th this whole conversation brings to mind a conversation I had years ago with my strategic mentor, Earl Cox, who's the guy I learned more about strategy from than anybody in my professional life. So Earl, Earl used to say about brands, if you can't be more different, be more relevant. And that whole thought was rooted in the idea that functional differences are really hard to find. Technology moves too fast. The product life cycles are too short. If you find a functional difference, by the time you've arranged yourself to take full marketing advantage of it, somebody has, has figured it out. No question. One of your competitors has already, already matched it. So if you can't be more different, be more relevant. And more often than not, that relevance comes from understanding something about your customer's relationship with your brand and the meaning that brand has for them. Not just the functional performance, but the meaning that it has. I love that. And if you can keep the, the purpose that you def define for that brand linked to that meaning, you can have something really, really powerful. So purpose, the conversation about purpose is going to continue because the idea of purpose is not going away from marketing anytime soon. And I would say, we would say it shouldn't. 
No. It shouldn't go away. It's we an just have to be really, really careful about how we do it. So keep talking about purpose branding. Keep keep giving us your ideas about what you think when you think about uh, defining purpose strategies for your brands. Put them in the in the comments below. We'd love to hear from you. All right, from purpose branding to purpose brewing. Uh, let's bring Patrick Murtaugh back from Hardywood Park. Patrick, cheers. Patrick, cheers. cheers. Thanks for cheers. having us. Thanks for coming. You know, Patrick, I've, I've known you for a while and I've certainly known about this incredible brewery for a while. One of the things I know about you, because we've worked together on boards and things, is that when you're talking about purpose-based brands, Hardywood does a, a remarkable amount of work in this community to support causes that they believe in, and, and I applaud you for that. I'm curious, you know, this is a beer town now. I think uh, it's a weird thing to say, but we've got breweries in, on every corner. But you were a real pioneer in this. How long have you been at it here in Richmond? So we've been here um, a little over 10 years. Our October was our 10 year anniversary. And we started uh, in the building that was right next door to us that uh, actually just got torn down is turning into uh, uh, townhomes. And then- uh, Isn't everything. Our original brewing equipment in here. And uh, we have our big production facility about 20 minutes from here, but um, we're pretty close to really where we started right here. Amazing. That's very cool. And you were one of the first, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, as I said before, Richmond does have a, a really rich brewing history that dates back quite some time. But uh, when we opened in October 2011, it was really just Legend Brewery um, mm. that was here. And, um, and then it was us. And um, so, uh, as you know, the Richmond beer scene has uh, exploded since then. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, but yeah, there wasn't uh, a whole lot going on in terms of... Uh, craft breweries when we started there was a lot of enthusiasm for craft beer and a, a big independent restaurant scene and all those reasons kind of attracted us to, to Richmond as a place to start. So Patrick if you think about Hardywood as a brand right um, how do you think about the purpose of Hardywood as a brand or the definition of Hardywood as a brand? Well yeah as you probably know um, Brew with Purpose is our, our motto we came up with um, actually after we started it wasn't part of our Part of our uh, business plan. Uh, quite appropriate like for today. It's very appropriate yeah. for today's <laughs> yeah. conversation. It sure is. But um, I think uh, I think a motto is something you kind of grow into, something you kind of discover about yourself yeah. as you as you go. And we found that that brew with purpose was really fitting um, for what's important to us and what motivates us and sort of what's that kind of daily reminder behind what we do every day. And, now, so um, how do you define your purpose? We were so just for talking. us, it's kind of based on five elements. Yeah. Um, uh, brewing quality, sourcing local, environmental stewardship, uh, community engagement, and uh, giving back. That's cool. So um, for brewing quality, of course, it's just making a quality product. Um, yeah. Every day you go in and uh, you test the beer 100 times before it makes it to the consumer, um, ensuring every drop is of the highest quality before it, it leaves the brewery. That's awesome. Um, sourcing local is big for us. Um, we buy... Um, many of our ingredients from local small family farms around Virginia, everything from cool. blackberries and raspberries to honey and ginger, and, mm -hmm. um, locally roasted coffee. Um, environmental stewardship is really important to us. Uh, the James River Association is uh, one of our big um, um, nonprofits that we give to. Um, it's uh, we brew a beer called the Great Return, which actually gives yeah. $5 from every It's a good beer, sold. too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
kind of just started as a small fundraising effort and turned into one of our best-selling beers. So it's um, raised uh, just over a hundred thousand dollars for the James River Association so far. Yeah. And um, but yeah, five dollars from every barrel sold is is given to them. It also raises awareness for what the the JRA is doing. Mm -hmm. So so in terms of purpose, Patrick and the guys at Hardywood have defined it as five principles by which they will do business. I love right? it. See, that's pretty cool because now purpose, purpose is by its definition, kind of the five things he said are actions we're going to take. We will do business in these five ways. That is so much the key, I think, is as long as you look at purpose as a behavior and not as just a message, mm -hmm. you're probably going to get it right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of decisions we have to make. There are a lot of uh, ideas that are brought to us. And, um, you know, uh, events, for example, that uh, people ask if we want to be a part of, or collaborations people ask if we want to be a part of, and I think uh, you all kind of, you always have to kind of go back to those uh, those values and say, does it does it line up? And yeah. you can't say yes to everything, although sometimes you want to. Um, but uh, yeah, you look, does it, does it, does it hit one of those five uh, pillars, cornerstones of our, um, mm -hmm. of our business? Yeah. And now you guys just went about a whole redesign of your brand. Right? We did, yeah. We worked with Familiar Creatures. Great uh, company. So yeah. 10 years in, we thought it was a good time to uh, do a rebrand. And uh, yeah, we um, uh, heard some proposals from a number of companies, and um, Familiar Creatures uh, really um, put together a nice proposal for us. And uh, we were just really impressed with uh, the people over there and, uh, and all the work that they do. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was a really It great looks process. great. They That's did good work. work. Very Thank cool. You. Thanks. That's great. Well, this wraps up another episode of Beer and Brands. Thanks to Patrick and the folks at Hardywood Park for having us here at their amazing uh, Ownby Road location. Where else can people find Hardywood beer? People Patrick? can find Hardywood beer at restaurants uh, across Virginia um, and uh, grocery stores and uh, small mom and pop shops and um, anywhere uh, craft beer is sold. Excellent. Yeah, as well great. as here. As well as our tap rooms. That's right. right. Here, the uh, where are the tap rooms? We have two tap rooms. We have one in uh, Omby Lane, where we are right now, yep. uh, in the city, right near the Diamond. And then uh, one about 20 minutes from here, which is our, our main production facility on about 23 acres off Tucko Creek in Goochland. Very cool. Very cool. Terrific. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Beer and Brands. Uh, as always, we would love to hear your comments. Put them in the, in the comment boxes below. Send us emails, send us notes. We want to hear what you think about the idea of purpose branding or anything else that's on your mind related to brands or marketing strategy. Um, so for Kelly and Patrick and the folks at Hardywood, thanks for tuning in. And Thank we you. will see you in the next Beer and Brands.